You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 267, Texas in July. Hosted by Brian Patton of As the Story Grows. It's, it's one of the things you are right about their discography. It's not boring. And Joseph Wren. There is no such thing as Zao 1.5. It doesn't exist. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you love Texas in July except for the heat, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Brian. Hello there. Did you have fun this week? Always. I know I did. <laughs> I thought I was going to listen to four albums of exactly the same metalcore <laughs> experience from the early 2000s. And don't get me wrong. It was that. <laughs> but I was surprised by how much random progressive elements got thrown in my ears. So I feel oh, like yeah. this band succeeded in throwing me off and giving me exactly what I was in for. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I uh, I just talked to uh, Texas's second vocalist, JT, for As the Story Grows. He's currently the vocalist in ERA. And so we had a great chat. And, uh, yeah, Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Brian has the inside scoop on everything that happened at least at some point in the band's discography. At the very end. And we got four albums out of this band. I got to say it again. Every time I thought the chorus was going to kick in and Howard <laughs> Jones' wannabe was going to show up, he never showed up. Yeah. Every time I thought the Gothenburg-influenced riffs were going to happen, they did. The drummer decided today, you know what? I don't want to be a straight metalcore drummer. I'm going to be progressive for the next 60 to 90 seconds. And the guitarist yeah. was right there with him. So what was special about this band they were the changeup that standard early 2000s metalcore was looking for, at least for me. That's that's an opinion. They definitely hit a, <laughs> uh, a standard metalcore vibe. Like, and and again, don't get me wrong. Every record is it's great. It's great. But there's probably a million records that sound just the same. I'll admit it. I, I listened to their discography and I was like, where is that one Texas in July song that I really like? And I had to go back through some Scream the Prayer flyers and I was like, oh. That's an I the Breather song. <laughs> <laughs> that moment when you realize you're listening to this band for the second time in your life. Yeah. And you accidentally hit shuffle and didn't notice. Yeah. That happened to me this week too, Brian. I, I have to admit it. <laughs> Jeff would be very upset with me right now. Um, hey, y'all. This is going to be a fun one. It definitely was for me this week. I'm going to go ahead and say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And then there's that thing called five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews on this podcast. Leave them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. We get emails all the time. We get tweets. We get messages on Discord. And there'll be links to all of that in the show notes. We want to see you guys in the Discord. We want to keep those conversations going. We want to keep those recommendations coming. Brian Patton, what's going on in As the Story Grows? Do you like metalcore? Um, I just spent a week listening to Texas in July. I love metalcore right now. You like punk rock? Oh, dude, punk rock is the shit. We got you covered. You're good. You're in good hands. We're, we're, yeah, like I said, JTKV uh, from ERA, Texas in July. He's on the podcast. Probably by the time this episode comes out, 
that episode will be up. So you can find that wherever you get your podcast. And uh, Breathe Atlantis, German band, went back to metalcore, like cool stuff. Lots of good stuff on the horizon. Kublacon, there we got it. As the story grows with Kublacon, it's great. It's the tag team you didn't know that you needed. When Discuss Metal Joe and Brian Patton get together and talk about metalcore, I've got some Patreon shoutouts, but I'm going to save those for the end of the episode when it matters most to me. Texas in July. I was not familiar. I reached out to Brian. Brian said, absolutely, I've seen them live. We should talk about that band. It'll be not the most complicated listen in the world. No. But you lied to me, sir. (laughs) I don't want to say this band is progressive because I don't think technicality and syncopation is the same thing. But what started off as the most generic (laughs) Gothenburg-influenced metalcore and then through these random, I keep saying progressive, and I don't know that that's the right word, but that's what I felt when the band would just change up mid-song in a different key, a different tonality, and change up the beat, change up the tempo. I know it's par for the course for Metalcore. They've got some solid leads, but it kept throwing me off. So then I started to dig in. Who was Texas in July? Well, this band was an American Metalcore band, and apologies to my Pennsylvania friends if I say this one wrong. They were from Ephrata, Pennsylvania, formed in 2007. They released an EP, Salt of the Earth, and their debut full-length album, I Am, through CI Records. But after signing with Equal Vision Records, we got three more albums from this band until their inevitable demise in 2015. For now, Brian might have the inside scoop. Are we going to get more from this band? They uh, recently played a reunion show, and uh, yeah, things are in the works. Things are in the works. That's exactly what I want to hear in 2022. That's, That's all I heard. So things are in the works. You're not holding out on me, are you, Brian? They're not quite dead yet. (laughs) I guess we should get right into it then. 2009, the debut album, because that matters on discography discussion, (laughs) I Am. As as Daniel Terry would say, this sounds like a debut album. Absolutely, it sounds like a debut album. (laughs) It sounds like an early 2000s or a late 90s debut album. The music is kind of above par for a home recording or a self-recording, but the vocals are blatantly a guy with an SM58 <laughs> just screaming his lungs out. Uh, yeah, it, it has all the tropes of that time. The uh, pointless introduction that is disconnected from the record, which is, a, <laughs> which is a trope and theme they keep. You have the random instrumental in the middle of the record because we have to have 10 songs and not eight, but we only wrote eight. So here's an instrumental and here's an intro. So now you have 10 songs. We can hit you on a full length now. Um, yeah, I, I actually really like the way the drums sound on this. Like it's it's raw, um, but it's but it's good, right? It's it's right up there with like August Burns Red debut or anything that Face Down Records was putting out at the time. I, I'm trying to think of other contemporaries, but it's it's the sound of metalcore at that time. It's beefy, it's chunky, and like you said, there's no clean vocals, and that's always a win. <laughs> and that's the only thing that's missing inside the trope. Where's the melodic chorus? Not even asking for emo right now, but the (laughs) I want to be Howard Jones, where is it? It doesn't happen. It never happens, Brian. It never happens. It's great. It's shocking and unique for that time because so many bands were throwing that in there. But they're probably from roughly the same geographic area as August Bird's Red, and so they're coming up through that scene, and ABR is not a melodic vocals band either. It'll take one more album, but after listening to the whole discography twice this week... Some of these songs sound like Nathan Explosion went through and hit the delete key because I can hear the gap that somebody wrote or somebody recorded where the melodic piece was going to go or the extra layer of guitars (laughs) was going to go, and it just doesn't happen. 
Yeah. Nobody cleaned it up. Then you get these random cuts and changes in the song structure that are not normal for metalcore at the time. Yes, it sounds like Haste the Day sometimes. It sounds like your August Burns Red. But then it just changes. And I like how raw it sounds. I like how self-made it sounds. I feel like someone from this area, this is their record. This is the band that... Were they the biggest thing at the show? I don't know. I'm not from Pennsylvania in 2007, but I did record an album there around that time. (laughs) (laughs) You sure? Yeah, I mean, this record, like, Hook, Line, and Sinner is a terrible song title. Like, I mean, it's so, like, tropey Christian metalcore. Uh, The guitar solo on Reflections is... uh, not not there yet is what i'll say um not it needs quite. some work um it, this is a little bit of the struggle bus of, of that solo but overall like but they kept it on the record they did yeah which is like yeah, that's that's what you want from a band just starting out like show us what you got like even if it's a little not perfect like just show us what you got and this is there's a good uh show them what they got i mean it caught the attention of equal vision and that's going to lead us to 2011's one reality there is only one reality unless you believe the matrix then there are several layers of reality yeah and later on when we think that we destroy reality we actually created another version of it that we hung on to for about 15 years don't try to figure it out we had to make another movie i knew what was coming on this one i was waiting for the exact same disjointed ongoing intro followed by we are metalcore yeah. Damn it, I was saving it for the end of the show. This is metalcore, but then it's not because, again, the melodic choruses don't kick in. They don't, yeah. Yeah. And, like, they record this record with Zeus, and, like, his discography as a producer engineer is ridiculous. Hatebreed, Shadows Fall. Fuck yes. I mean, Amur, Terror, Sworn Enemy. Just, like, you just go down his Wikipedia page, and you're like, yeah, all of these bands rock. So, yeah, the production on this record, it, it's elevated. Like, they're... they're and that's all I could say about this record compared to the last one. Like, it's elevated. Like, the song structure is a little better. Um, it sounds tighter. It sounds cleaner. And yeah, I mean, the the artwork is still terrible. It's it's that Christian metalcore. <laughs> like, uh, it's 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 bad. I, I think I could say the artwork is bad. Um, they would probably say it's bad. It's it's very much on par with what was happening in 2011. Um, <laughs> you can say metalcore stereotypes, Brian. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it is. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try really hard not to repeat myself on this album, but the album does that for me. Yeah. I don't know that it's elevated. Sometimes I think it sounds more raw than the previous album, but it's 2011. It could have been so much more sonically embellished. We could have brick walled this and replaced all the drums and added keyboards but again that would have been a metalcore stereotype so i have to give the band credit for just writing the breakdown into the floor for the majority of the album and sticking to it this is one of those bands that shows up and plays the show and you know every song because you've heard these riffs before but you don't care because when it gets melodic it doesn't go full melodic you don't get the singing and that's the break up that i want to emphasize with this band Yes, you've heard some of these riffs before, but it doesn't stay normal sounding. You feel like you're going to get the standard metalcore experience, but then stuff is missing enough to change up in your brain what's coming next. It's not just going to be 
45 minutes or 32 minutes of breakdowns with melodic choruses. It's going to be, when it goes melodic, it goes instrumentally melodic. And the drums have a moment where if this was fully programmed, like some other bands have done (laughs) in the same style, you couldn't do what this guy does. He goes from full-on staccato syncopated slams to I have taste, I have feel. And that shows up a lot quicker on this album, and it sticks around. And those were the most surprising moments for me. I really enjoyed this one. But at the end of the day, this is metalcore. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that's really... I mean, unfortunately, it's so much of what you could say about this band is like they're a metalcore band doing metalcore things. Like, you've heard the songs. Like, if you go, if you saw this band live, you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna get in the pit. You're gonna know exactly when the breakdown comes on, even if you've never heard them before, because it's that stereotype. I was out running, and you're just like, I can pump my fist because yeah, the breakdown starts right now. Like, every time, every time. Did you start running with the breakdown too? Oh yeah, just yeah. right foot, turn, turn left, turn, 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 turn right. <laughs> like spin, spin, kick on the trail, right? Like, <laughs> careful, dude. Those trails get narrow sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Got pick and choose your spots. <laughs> well, the world didn't end, but they told us it was going to again. Then, 2012's Texas in July. You're gonna self-title this early in the career, guys. You think you were trying to tell me something? Like this is gonna be it? Because that's what a self-titled album in 2012 tells me throw it back to Mudvayne, that was the wrong time of year to self-title because (laughs) what self-titled means to me is this is the definitive album by this band. Well, if you needed to prove to me that Texas in July could write a metalcore record in 2012, I already had that. It was called One Reality, and I am. And you know what? This one, kind of the carbon copy of the last one. The band, if they had a strive to find, they hung on to it. Did you need a fading in intro song, Brian? Well, you're going to no. get one, but they cut it in half this time. Uh-huh. They sure did. It yeah, it's so weird. It's I don't I don't understand the point. This is this these are the tropes of the time and it's what they gave you. And you get the instrumental on this one too. Each instrumental gets a little more progressive. Like the first one was super acoustic-y, which was happening at the time and they just get more in that progressive metal vein. Um, and and that keeps going even on the next record. But I mean, they got a bunch of features on this record. Chad from Hunter, David from We Came As Romans, Matt Griner from August Burns Red, throwing in some percussions. Working with Will Putney, like, it's this is a, a metalcore, metalcore record. <laughs> it's the metalcore of metalcore. Right, like, we got the features on this record. We're working with the another one of the producers, like, just knocking it out of the park at the time. Like, and yeah, what they do is really good, but they're doing what they do. <laughs> what sets this one apart for you? Not a lot for me. Not, not a lot. I mean, it's it's like the artwork's better. Um, <laughs> Way to focus on the cover with a blind guy, Brian. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, there's not much that separates these two records. They they both sound great. The songs are they're not carbon copies of each other, but like they're basically carbon copies of each other. Like uh, again, if you shuffled these two records, you're gonna enjoy them. But there's not much to differentiate one from the other. I like metalcore, but I get bored with the standard breakdown followed by the melodic chorus. Yeah. I've heard it. I love it. It's fun sometimes for about 45 minutes. Then can I get something else? Why doesn't this band feel stale when I'm listening to them? Is it because the complete trope is missing? 
Like they threw away the fluff, but they didn't go full deathcore where it's four minutes of breakdowns and dude barking at the mic. Yeah. It's like they still paced themselves melodically or sonically just enough to keep me interested and not feel overwhelmed, which I kind of want to feel overwhelmed when you're going to break down and go full melodic like these guys do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of the things you are right about their discography. It's not boring, even though it is them giving us different variations of the same thing on each record. There's never a moment where I'm like, okay, I've, I've heard this. I'm like, no, I, I'm invested in this and I like it and I like all of it. Um, it makes you wonder why they were never able to reach that next level. Is it because they didn't have catchy sing songs for people or was it that they were on Equal Vision who was not really pushing metalcore at that time? I wonder if somebody on the label looked at the tropes and said, let's not brick wall. Yeah. Because sonically, I've heard this album a thousand times. If I look up a tutorial right now of how to record good sounding guitars at home, somebody is going to rip off these tones verbatim. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm not upset that you could duplicate the Will Putney sound kind of right now because that's what everybody did with thrash metal tones and their marshals back in the 70s and 80s. So we've heard this before. Everybody likes the way the guitar sounds, so let's try to duplicate that. I wonder if these would hold up the same way if this band was fully self-produced and self-released. Mm -hmm. It would become an exercise in how many different ways can we write that breakdown and make a song out of it? I don't have a reason why I'm not bored listening to this record i have three albums at this point that are mostly similar the first album stands out the most because of how raw it sounds but i'm not hearing anything not even a tuning change that can really differentiate these songs they all run together i'm starting to yeah. think it's on purpose yeah <laughs> it's metalcore brian metalcore. <laughs> we're gonna say it nice and big at the end of the episode Oh, yeah. 2014. What is here today? The last album by this band, Blood Work. Yeah, we get a change of vocalist, a uh, changing guitar player on this record, and uh, they do away with the intro. Um, Thank you. Uh, JT came to Texas in July. He was doing vocal covers on YouTube, and that's how Texas in July found him through his YouTube channel doing metalcore vocal covers. And then he ended up in a band. <laughs> Congratulations. You're the ripper of 2014 Metalcore. Yep. Got to give the guy props because what better way to get discovered when technology can have that vocalist try out across the entire country literally overnight? No one has to stand in line. Just send me your videos and you're the guy in the band now. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing the, skipped all the suffering and pain of the local band scene and, and <laughs> trying to tore through the VFW halls and just uh, posted to YouTube and ends up in a, a band on Equal Vision. And you know, he sounds great. This record sounds great. Um, I was trying to look for production credits because that matters. Um, it, it seems like they went back to uh, the team that worked on their uh, debut record um, who had upped their production game by this point. <laughs> 100% and upped it to the point of this is the most generic metalcore sounding album. Yes, the previous albums were metalcore. There is no denying that. 
but this is the first time it really sounds like the stock metalcore production template was dropped on this band. When the drums have the exact same impact and just have that rocket smash sound on the snare, this is the record I've heard before. And this was the first album I listened to because I wanted to see where it ended. Some point in the middle, I accidentally hit shuffle and I didn't notice. So congratulations, guys. All of your stuff works great together, and that's really the point. Yeah. I feel like this album is a little more intense. Like they had three albums of the same tempo, the same breakdown, the same feel. Yes, you've got solid leads in there, and the band randomly changes into these melodic passages that other bands should take notice of if you're going to keep playing this type of metalcore. This one says, we can play a little faster, so why don't we? And we're not afraid to just throw leads at it. Right, right. The guitar playing's elevated. It's better, for sure. Uh, they got the leads in there that are uh, far improved from where they started on that debut. Um, <laughs> JT sounds great on vocals. Uh, you know, there's not much differentiation in the vocal, so I don't know that he's offering us anything new. He sounds great, but, you know, he, he's given us the same tone and, and vibe that we've had through the whole discography. Like, yeah, if you put it on shuffle, you're not going to know that a vocalist change happened. <laughs> it's, it's not Zaya 1.0 versus Dan on vocals. Hey, now, some of those Corey Darst demos are indistinguishable. There is no such thing as Zaya 1.5. It doesn't exist. I don't mm. have audio proof of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this, this record is great, but in, in talking to JT, I know like by the time this record came out, the band looked around and looked at their peers. They probably looked at ABR. They probably looked at bands like Four Today, maybe an Underhook, maybe Norma Jean, and they were like, these bands are taking off. Why are we still stuck in this lane? And JT said their final tour at the time, uh, the numbers were pretty disappointing. <laughs> like people, people just didn't connect with this band the same way they connected with others. And again, it's like, th this band is just as good as any of their peers. Like, these records Absolutely. are every bit as good as ABR or Norma Jean or pick metalcore band at the time. Any band playing metalcore on Sumerian or whatever, like, face down, right? Like, they wipe the floor with these bands. Like, they're just as good. And, you know, had they been on a different label, would they have found more success? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's proof that the metalcore tropes were in place for a reason because the fans of this style really need you to break between the breakdown the melodic chorus the shred your fingers off solo in the middle and then go back to the melodic chorus at some point and this album is the closest thing to going full melodic chorus he's got some very baritone moments in there where he's yeah. more yelling than singing and I think that's a good step forward for the band, but it really is a step backward. So where you started with something that might have been more interesting to me, the band ended truly the metalcore band that I think people think they are. Mm -hmm. But it's not that for me. I, the, the random melodic progressive things that they throw in every now and then. That's what makes this band for me, because when I'm listening to it and I think it's going to go one way, they just turn left because they can. And I think that's something this band needs credit for. I can't think of another band that just drops everything and says, we've got 45 seconds of progressive, guys. Are you ready? Oh, too late. We're already arpeggiating and the drummer has taste and feel now. And we're going to go back to it, but it's not going to be the same thing. That's the one thing they don't repeat. They don't go back to the melodic segments. Those yeah. are always different. 
It's an inverse opeth, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, at least up to this point. Yeah. I had fun this week, Brian. How about you? I, I enjoyed it. This was a, a fun discography to go back and listen to, and um, yeah, it's, it's great to have in my collection. And like, yeah, Texas in July, they're awesome. Go listen to it. Yeah. There really isn't a final thought I can give that I didn't <laughs> open the episode with, and really that's what was happening. I was checking your answers from the beginning of the show, Brian. I think this band is worth listening to, and I think they're a little underrated. Again, I have not been exposed to this band, and I expected generic metalcore, and I kind of got it, but then I didn't get it. I think Texas in July is like a cauldron of riffs and breakdowns, and the band is just standing there with a giant spoon, stirring and constantly shifting what the formula is, because the formula is there. So what does your band sound like if you point at the formula and say, now turn left, but you don't go melodic. You don't use 100% of the formula. You're not entirely unique, but you have something different Mm -hmm. that I don't remember any other band reaching for. A lot of bands tried the progressive thing. They tried the melodic thing, but how many of them did it this way? So maybe the band is worth more than the breakdown that they opened the record with. We did it, Brian. We did it. What's your album of the week? Uh, speaking of era, they just released the deluxe edition of their self-titled record, and it's phenomenal. Uh, their self-titled record was already great, um, and the deluxe edition features Courtney LaPlante and uh, What More Do You Want? There's also a Muse cover. It's great, so go listen to era. Is that E-R-A? E-R-R-A. Well, spoilers for an upcoming Patreon review. My album of the week is All That Was Promised by Hoth. Lost Fiction commented on our Zealand Ardor review a couple weeks ago. Did you hear the new Zealand Ardor, Brian? Yeah, it's fucking great. The best one yet, right? So good, yeah. yeah. He actually said it was his second favorite album of the year thus far and insisted that we listen to his first favorite. So once again, there's your reason to get on the Discord server. We have Bandcamp Fridays. We constantly are throwing albums out. Whatever you are listening to, we have memes for days. And you know what? Now's the best time to shout out these beloved patrons because these guys pay the bills. Guys and gals, it's not just a guy thing. And look who's at the top of the list. Mr. John Drake from the Nerf Herder Council. Thanks for signing up there, buddy. Aaron Phillips, Evan Merkel, Lost Fiction, Kyle Driver, Timu Ranchila. I think I said that right. How many different ways can we say that name incorrectly? Please let me know (laughs) how to say it the right way. Dangerous Dave, Richard Renz, Big T, Josiah Heiberg, Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, Jeremy Prince, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian the Dean, Lance Algood, the King of Metal, Alexander, Patrick Aspelund, and the actual Mac himself, Jeffrey De Los Santos. As always, thank you. Thank you for making the show possible financially. We appreciate everything you do, and we appreciate you, the listener. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Brian, thank you for hanging out with me and listening to Texas in July for an entire week. It was great. It was so much fun, and it was... Let's do it again. I thought it was an easy listen, but it (laughs) threw me off. I'm I'm sorry. I have to say it. It just kept throwing me off. Like, no, wait, you're supposed to do another breakdown, guys. (laughs) They do what they want. You're goddamn right. And on that note, this has been episode 267 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Brian Patton, and As the Story Grows, can be found everywhere you listen to podcasts and at asthestorygrows.com. What a great website. Such a great website. <laughs> Did you want Batman to be a really dark detective movie that's kind of noirish from the 40s? Uh, yes, please. Did you want to have all the classic villains in one movie? Um, now that you mention it, yes. Yes, I did. Should this just be discography discussion Batman movies? We're going to get to that. Actually, I'm I'm very knowledgeable about that. (laughs) Not everything seems clear. The future's not so bright. The only chance is not to waste your life. Have hope and have no fear. The truth walks by your side.